Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Welcome everyone to another episode of Gratitude. And for today's episode, we are so excited to have this guest on today. And Antonio is on the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate all that you guys do. So thank you. Yeah, we're excited because it's not often we have people on here who have been doing the YouTube journey for a while. And that's, you know, a big thing about what we want to chat with you about today. But before we get there, before we do that, can we hear about your origin story? Like what got you into becoming a PTA in the first place? So my story is a little bit different than I feel like most people. Um, most people I feel like have the story where they know a friend or a family member who got hurt when they were younger, or they just already experienced physical therapy for themselves and that kind of change. But for me, I was actually very uncertain about what I wanted to do for my career starting out. And so I was very unsure about it. And so I went into the field, not knowing much about it. I've never been to a clinic in my life. I never knew anything about physical therapy but it was something that I've read about and my sister had done. And so I wanted to give it a shot to see if it would be something that would be right for me. That's what got me into physical therapy in the first place. Very cool. And what was PTA school like? What was that uh, first semester like for you? Yeah, okay, it, we'll start with that. <laughs> okay, it was uh, my first semester was interesting. We had to go tell everybody why we started the program. And I said, I wasn't really sure. I'm still figuring it out. And so that was kind of my journey through it. And it was definitely harder than just my gen eds or general classes that you take. I remember the program being a little more challenging and it's definitely condensed. There's, I feel like so many different components of physical therapy that you learn. And so you touch on a lot of different subjects through this one condensed year of the program. And so you have to learn about safety and precautions, and then you have to learn about modalities one week and therapeutic exercise. And there's just so many things that you cover. It, it, there was just a lot to it, it felt like. So you kind of had to be focused with what you're doing. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. And then going into, um, you know, after PTA school, when you took your boards, were you, uh, were you looking for a job right away? Because I know you have a unique story you said earlier with your sister being a PT. Yeah, so actually she she wanted me to work with her in the beginning. Um, she wanted me to get a job at the same place she worked at. And so that's what I did. I applied for it and they, they actually accepted my application. Then I started like the week after my program ended, I was working as a PTA. Um, I actually started as like a tech per se um, because I didn't have my degree yet. So I was just, you know, getting familiar with the clinic and helping out with odds and ends thing. But then once I got my license, then I became a PTA at the same exact clinic that she was. So we started working like that together. I think that's so cool. You know, <laughs> it's just, it doesn't have to be this big uh, thought out thing. Like you can kind of go with something. You don't have to know where it's headed. 
and you can just end up somewhere amazing. And I think that's what's really cool about your, your origin. Like you weren't injured. You didn't have a family member who was injured and that's totally fine. And I appreciate that because so many students relate to it and they feel like they're comparing their stories to other people. Like, Oh, well, I was never injured. Well, I don't know anybody and it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> Not a yeah. big deal at all. I definitely feel like that's true. And, it, and sometimes people don't feel like adequate enough to go into the field because they don't know about it. But honestly, like everything I learned was in the program. So it's not like I was unfamiliar with the whole world of physical therapy, but it's all things you learn and you go through, through your, your schooling. Exactly. And for, for PTA school. So a lot of the people who listen to our podcast are PT students and they're wondering, okay, how is PTA school different? How is it kind of set up? What's the length? And at the end, um, what is your, your licensure exam like? Okay. So I mean, I don't know what the PT process is like because I'm not a physical therapist, but for the PTA program, you, it was a two-year program and it was a condensed, usually PTA programs are anywhere from two to three years, depending on how much you want to, classes you want to take during each semester. And mine was a two-year program. It was a competitive one. So it's very similar to the PT one. We had to have an interview to get accepted into the program and you had to have competitive grades to get in. And then you go through your curriculum and then you take your licensure exam and the licensure exam was tough. Like it was a long test. I remember sitting in there for forever, maybe three hours or so you're taking this test. And um, so it was very difficult, but it had a, the college I was at had a very good success rate with passing. It was like a 98% rate of students who went to the program passed it. So I was, I was happy. I, I passed it. And so it, it honestly worked out. That is great. And you're a licensed physical therapy assistant, which is awesome. And give us a little background of when you decided, I want to, you know, give more to students and uh, your platform on YouTube. If you want to uh, tell us the origins of that and where it is today. Yeah, so I just remember the whole process of becoming a PTA was very un like foreign to me. I, I was unsure about what to do, what to look for, what do you you know, what do you apply for, all these different things of going into the program and I was just very unsure about. And so I wanted to help people through that same journey. And I thought video would be the perfect avenue to do that, just because I know in today's day and age, things are, everything's online now, you know, you can, you can order anything you want online. And so I just felt like I could create content to help students that were going through that same journey as me. So I would start to record just with my iPhone. I started actually in my kitchen with my iPhone recording. Why did I become a VTA? And what is the salary you can expect? And just these simple, basic questions that I would get people asking me all the time, you know, different classmates or people younger than me in high school, different things. They would always ask me, you know, just the basic questions of questions about the field. And so I started making content to answer those questions. They were very basic. I would record with my sister and we just recorded with my phone in my kitchen. And that's how we got started. But from there, we were able to grow quite a bit. And I was actually surprised of the interaction we got when we started posting the videos and how many people would actually interact with what we were saying and would comment and people that would watch. And I was just surprised that the, the views took off, you know, like that, because I had no experience whatsoever with video creation or anything. 
but the more I did it, the more I learned and the better I kept improving my skills, kind of like you guys in this podcast. I feel like from your very first podcast till now, you guys have grown so much through it. And I can see the different style you guys do now and the, the different way you guys have your podcast. They just come across a lot more professionally than they might have previously. And that's the same for me. I had my whole learning experience, you know, what camera to get and how do you get better audio when you're recording and all these different hurdles you jump through. But I feel like I was able to grow through that. And then also my audience grew through that as well. As I gained experience, I feel like my audience grew and supported me through that journey. And I was able to help them through this career choice. And I just, that's kind of where it's brought me to. And now here you are, uh, two years later, maybe more than two years later, since you started on YouTube. Ooh, I can't remember the actual day I started. <laughs> it was probably a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it, right? Like the beginning is going to suck a little bit and it's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's what the people following you appreciate because it's raw and it's you and they see your growth and they can grow with you too, which is incredible. And I think that's what's so cool about YouTube or podcasts or whatever that people see the growth. And it's not just, oh, I was working on this thing for like a year behind the scenes and I just never wanted to put it out there until now. And then like everyone misses that background. And I, I love that you put yourself out there too. Because I mean, I was watching your stuff way back when I was applying to PT school. And I was like, whoa, another person on YouTube. Very few <laughs> who is like talking about this. I thought it was so cool. And I, I just appreciate you putting yourself out there. Right. I, I felt like also another thing that it's really helped is to grow my skills. Um, I remember one of your last podcasts, it was a few ones ago with, I think you had Kristen Smith on there who talked about marketing. And um, I... I love that idea of being able to grow something while you're in the program, either as a PT or a PTA, like you guys are doing, because you're setting yourself up in your career. Like the skills you learn through this are so valuable when you graduate. And that's what I'm learning more and more as I continue with video stuff, what it's allowing me to do. Um, like with my YouTube videos, I'm, since I've had such a focused uh, market per se, I'm, I'm, targeting students, physical therapy students, trying to become physical therapists and physical therapist assistants, but you're able to grow your, your business and skills through this. So I'm able to get like sponsorships now for videos. I'm able to get products now or companies reaching out to me trying to collaborate with something different, which I just think is very valuable. And the skills I learned now through video production, I'm able to put together different videos for so now. Megan and I, we opened up our own clinic. And so now we do advertising videos through that now and we'll run advertisements, uh, testimonials, we'll capture diff different patient stories. And so the skills I've learned through YouTube that at the time I didn't think they were very useful when I'm sitting in my kitchen recording with my iPhone. But, but now looking back at it, when I'm able to do bigger productions now and work with different companies, I can just see the value in the time and the effort that you put in, even though it's a journey to get to where you are now so and that's so important to the journey and the growth that you experienced from the very beginning to where you are today and how was that specifically for video editing so 
were you watching YouTube uh, videos to learn how to do this, or did you have previous experience uh, with the um, with doing video editing? Right. So I learned on my own basically, and just through other YouTube videos, through content, I would search for free versions of, of platforms I could edit on. I started off on a really janky platform that would crash like every time I was editing a video. It was terrible. But but from there you could grow and, and improve. And now now that I'm making like AdSense or different, and it's not much, it's a little bit, but whatever that little bit I do learn, I can get a new computer or a new editing software. And so it it just speeds up the workflow and the process is a lot easier. So it's definitely something that you can learn. That's the beauty of it. You can learn it all online through different YouTube videos and through just experience. I feel like has taught me, you know, I look back at the first videos that I've done and I'm like, Oh man, what was I thinking? Like my lighting is terrible or it's just the audio is terrible. And I'm just like, man, I sound so unnatural. I, I don't know how to talk to a camera. And so, and so looking back, it's pretty funny now but you definitely learn those skills as you go through, which I'm sure you guys are accustomed to now as you've been recording more podcasts as well. I think it's so funny to think about that. What the three of us do is sit by ourselves oftentimes <laughs> in a basement or somewhere staring at a screen, talking to it. <laughs> and if somewhere, like it's just so, so comical to me um, that it's literally what we do most of our time, <laughs> most of the time we spend doing that, talking to something and not somebody per se, but then you send it out to these thousands and thousands of people. And it is difficult. Like it's hard to talk to a screen. It's mm -hmm. not easy. It's not natural. And I think it's also so cool. Side note, there are YouTube videos on how to make YouTube videos. And that's true with PT <laughs> school too. There are YouTube videos about how to get through PT school. Like you guys, go on YouTube a little bit. Like, oh my God, that's a side rant. I'm not going to go down that fully, but I'll stop there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like that's true that you can find anything you need to learn online. And if you can't, then that's when you can step in and be the creator to help people. I know that that's a lot of times people uh, see that as well. They say, you know, I see, I see uh, Sarah and Gabby recording a podcast. What's stopping me from recording a podcast? Or same with video stuff, like what's stopping me from getting out there and trying something? And honestly, there shouldn't be anything stopping you because like you said, we're just recording in a house or in our home, but yet we're reaching these thousands of people that, uh, that can benefit from the, just the, the things that you might know that someone else might know that you might take for granted about the process of becoming a PT or a PTA or the journey of opening a clinic or the journey of how to make a video to market that clinic or whatever it is. So I just think there's value in, in learning these things, especially since I feel like a lot of things are shifting to an online platform, especially in our circumstances right now in the world with everything's going on. I just feel like there's no better time than to improve your online, your digital marketing skills and just your digital skills in general. Like even the shift of PTA programs and PT programs, I could even see a lot of the curriculum through there could be done online through video and through stuff. And then a portion of it obviously needs to be done hands-on and in a classroom setting. But I still feel like a big portion of it could be transferred to a digital, you know, communications that way. So I just think a lot of things are shifting that way. Agreed. And especially with 
the online education and really getting more telehealth experience for a lot of students and uh, just healthcare professionals, you know, talking to their patients just like this by themselves <laughs> in a, like to a camera. And yeah, I definitely feel that education will shift and especially like you said, with having, you know, lecture classes online that we're realizing can work online. Your professors did get through it. It was rough on Zoom. They or they couldn't figure out how to click record, but it worked. So I think I think, you know, PTA and PT education is gonna shift in some sense with, you know, having the labs in person, but then the online education too. And just I think this was a good time and what you just touched on of learning digital marketing skills, because that is so important right now. And since we've gone through this, this pandemic and this time with everything being online, like this is the time to learn now. And so have there been any other uh, digital skills that you've learned um, during this time or any other things that you've been, uh, you know, interested in or dabbling with? Right. So I've been, I've been trying to actually uh, create more of a business aspect now with my video skills. So I'll do it on the side through different companies that aren't even related to physical therapy. I'll record, you know, a testimonial video or I, I help record um, video for the Detroit free press marathon that goes out. So promotional videos, different things. And that's where I've been trying to grow my skills in. Um, and so that's what I see as helpful. I've actually joined the MPTA, the Michigan Physical Therapy Association. I'm on their communications committee now, and I help with their video productions now to help their to help promote Michigan physical therapy. And so I think there's a lot of avenues that you can get into um, with our own clinic. I've been learning more about Facebook advertising and how to run an ad and how to run an effective ad that might reach more people or get people to click or message you or call um, or email subscriptions or how to run an online course. So I've created an online course now through video. Um, so there's a lot of ways to market and to create business opportunities and financial like revenue streams. Um, it just takes that creativity and then using the skills that you've been learning um, and I'm still learning. I mean, I, I, that's why I loved your last podcast with, with that marketing um, person on there with uh, Kristen, um, because I just like, because I'm learning more about that and I want to improve my skills in marketing. Um, so I really benefited from that podcast just because I'm still improving my skills. Even though I'm helping people with my video skills, I'm still learning myself. There's a, so many things I want to touch on there. Uh, first of all, I know you've been saying this a couple of times. You do you you are a business owner. So how has how was that transition from you know working with your sister to now kind of co-owning your own thing with her? Right. So that's been that's been interesting. <laughs> Let's just say it like that. No, it's just a different dynamic, I guess. Um, and we kind of, it's, it's funny because we naturally kind of fall into different roles where she handles more of like, um, I would say insurance company and dealing with uh, the claims, things like that, where I handle a lot of the patient interaction, scheduling, the marketing, 
um, where that aspect. So we kind of have different roles and it's not that we don't ever cross paths. So there's times I have to deal with insurance companies and call on claims. And then there's times that she schedules patients as well. But we, I feel like our work dynamic as well, because we, yeah, we're brother and sister, we kind of understand. We just flow together naturally because of that. So it makes it actually really nice um, that, that we can work together in that, in that sense, because we already are familiar with how each other tick. But what made you guys want to start that in the first place? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest reasons was because we thought we could do a better job at the place we were at. I know that sounds really arrogant, so I'm not trying to at all, but, um, but we, we seen a lot of areas that are lacking and we just think that they could be improved on. And that's the same reason why I got in the video is because I see different content online and I think I could do a better video than that. Or I, you know, I could provide value just like that, or not many people are doing it in physical therapy. There's a ton of, I could look up like, 20 million YouTube tutorials on how to edit this video, but I can't find anything on physical therapy. And so I'm like, why? I need to change that. And that's kind of where we were with the clinic, where we said, I think we can provide excellent care for these patients. We can give it a different atmosphere and draw in a different crowd of patients. And if we're like, we've always been very diligent and also just smart with our decisions. We're never one to rush into this whole clinic idea just on a whim, but we started out very small. We started renting space in a gym and we just built up our clients through there. So that way we don't have to pay for gym equipment. We don't have to have this huge overhead cost. We literally rented a small little office space to do our eval rooms. We had a small treatment room. And then we were able to grow from there. And once our caseload started growing in the gym, we were able to then buy our own location, our own clinic that is much bigger now and can sustain a bigger growth. But we never jumped into it. And then also when we did get the new clinic, we were really smart about that. We didn't just go and furnish it with all the newest equipment, but we started out small. We would get uh, equipment from Facebook swap, or, you know, we got our reception chairs from there from a different therapy clinic that was changing their location. So we got their chairs for a really good deal. And like uh, therapy equipment, you know, if you buy anything brand new, they're super expensive to buy a new set or to buy a therapy table. But if you can search for deals or get in contact with different um, like auctions, you can able to save money and now that we've saved money and we're still growing, we can now buy a new new step and a new treadmill. And it's not, we're not going in debt from it. We're still just growing because we never took a huge risk. We've always played it one step at a time, trying to be smart with it. So how long have you guys been in business? We opened the clinic in the end of 2017. And then we were able to grow from there. We started out both we got uh, home healthcare jobs. That way we could still see our own patients and then actually get an income while working for a different company as well until we built up our caseload big enough to be able to quit our home healthcare jobs. That way it wasn't a very big financial risk for us, but we could do it nice and easy and try to build our caseload. So we did that from the end of 2017 until now, and we were able to get our own location now and grow out of the gym and we're able to just really grow not only in our therapy clinic, but in our YouTube adventures and all these other avenues as well now. 
I think that's so cool. And so it's May of 2020 for those of you listening in the future. <laughs> uh, it's been a couple years for you then since you've done all of this. And um, what has been like maybe some inspiration um, or maybe a person that you've looked up to who has done the thing, like opened up a practice out of the gym, if anybody that you were looking up to for advice in this time? Um, so Megan had definitely more experience than me. So my sister, she had started out as a PTA and then she got her doctorate's degree and then she got her board certified orthopedic specialist degree um, or license, whatever that is. And then we went from there. So we, I've kind of looked up to the things that she's done and then she knew different people who've opened clinics, but even that opening a clinic was still a very foreign concept for us because neither of us have a background in business or in anything re remotely close to opening up a therapy clinic. And we really had no experience and we really didn't have a ton of people to ask questions to. And so a lot of how we learned was just trial and error. And that's the beauty of it. You know, if you submit a claim to an insurance company and it gets denied, usually they tell you why it's denied and then you got to fix it and resubmit it. And so the consequences aren't a huge deal. There's times when we don't get reimbursed for a claim or we forgot to do something, but a lot of it is you can learn as you go. That was our journey. And so that's why I feel like even now we talk about maybe doing a course on how to open up a physical therapy clinic or something like that, just because it's not common knowledge. It's not, I, I wish that through my PTA program, I wish that our professors would have taught us a little better on how to make us succeed business-wise and financially rather than just learning all about patients. And I know that kind of sounds weird maybe if you're thinking that like I still care about patients and I really truly believe in patient care, but I just wish there was a little more to the business end of things. Like I look at chiropractors, for example, I feel like their program, I can see so many private practices open with chiropractor clinics around the area. And I feel like that's a very strong point in their program is to teach people how to run a private practice like that. But in physical therapy, I just don't see it as much. And I don't know if that was the same for you guys with the PT program, but I know for the PTA program, they never really talked about how to market yourself or how to grow in your career or anything of that nature. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree because in PT education, it is really not talked about and you may have one class. It's usually just one class in PT school where you're and really it's, you know, getting your resume together and uh, how to do interviews, but nothing in regards to marketing, uh, marketing ourselves and building a business. And that's where people turn to YouTube. That's where people turn to your videos and podcasts because they're like, you know, I didn't learn this in school and there has to be resources out there where if I want to learn this, I can. So I think that's so important and doing a course would benefit so many so many, uh, you know, new grads and just seeing how it can be done, especially from um, both of you not knowing about business and even how to build a clinic. So just uh, this will be our, our plug for you, for you and Megan <laughs> for <Yeah>. your course. <laughs> um, no, no. I did have a, I did have a question in regards to right now, because during, uh, during COVID-19, you know, all clinics have been affected in some way 
and how have you guys been able to transition and really still, um, you know, give to your patients during this time? Yeah, so it's been a little, uh, the area we live in is a rural area. We do not live in a big town. We, it's like farmland out here. And so the, the virus hasn't necessarily impacted our specific county as strong as it has in bigger cities. Um, like I know down in Detroit, the south part of Michigan has got hit a lot harder than up here. So we haven't seen the, as many cases around our area. And so I feel like our patients are a little more comfortable and at ease working around with us and at our clinic. And especially because we try to provide care one-on-one, we don't schedule a ton of patients anyways to begin with. So when a patient comes in and they're the only one in the clinic and we're wiping down everything, we're wiping down door handles, and we've had to kind of transition to that a little stronger. But I feel like patients, for the most part, are at ease, and we still have to provide that care, like I said before, when patients come out of a stroke or when they come out of a surgery they need that rehabilitation still. And so that's why we're still considered essential workers. So we've just stayed steady. We've definitely not seen a ton of patients. We're just a consistent case, so what I would say. I think that's really awesome because you guys are still there. You're still supporting the community and you're taking all the precautions and safety measures. And I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure all your patients do too. Um, and for, for all the students listening who are like, oh my goodness, I would love to like hear more about um, Tony and what he's doing and YouTube and all of that. Um, oh, before I ask that, actually, sorry, I forgot. Gabby, our other question that we always ask. Uh, what advice would you have for a current SPT or SPTA? I would say I, I would not let the idea of not knowing limit you from pursuing something that you might be passionate about. Um, I feel like sometimes we can get almost like in a bubble or maybe insecure even if we don't know how to do something or if we're just inexperienced about it, whether it's your first clinical rotation, whether it's a new class or new subject that you might be unfamiliar with. I wouldn't let that unfamiliarity or that uncomfortable feeling stop you from pursuing your actual passion and your dream because I feel like there are so many avenues for you to learn and to grow through, whether it's YouTube, podcasts, or just you know seeking out a mentor, emailing people from different clinics or people around your area that could be. I just wouldn't let the insecurity stop you from doing what you really desire because I know it might seem like I would never be able to be a YouTuber or to start my own podcast or to create a clinic by myself, you know? but I wouldn't let that fear stop you from pursuing your actual dreams would be my advice. Great advice. Many students need to hear that right now because they have a little bit of extra time on their hands. You don't have to be <laughs> driving to class. You don't have to be sitting there waiting for class to start. And um, yeah, you guys have a little bit of extra free time. Go for it. Go for whatever it is you want to do. Don't let this hold you back and don't just sit around and wait for COVID-19 to be over because it's just so, it's such a reactive stance to take. And if you guys could be proactive with your dreams, like you would be shocked where that takes you. Um, so great advice. And second thing, now where can they get in touch with you if they want to hear more about what you're up to and PTA school and 
business and all of those things? Yeah, I would say the best place to find me is um, on YouTube. I post videos every Saturday and you can search my name, Antonio Sanson. I don't actually know what the, oh, the channel is. I think just my name. Yeah, Antonio. So you can just search for me there. That's basically where I post all my videos and content, things that I'm doing. Um, so if you want to follow along or join me on the journey, then yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Tony. We greatly appreciate it. And we know students will be reaching out to you and we appreciate all of your knowledge and what you're doing with your YouTube channel. It has helped so many people and we thank you so much for coming on today. And thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous.